0: from the the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 4. Dearly beloved, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, keep sane and sober for your prayers. Above all, hold unfailing your love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Practice hospitality ungrudgingly to one another. As each has received a gift, employ it for one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks, as one who utters oracles of God. Whoever renders service, as one who renders it by the strength which God supplies. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. From the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples... But when the Counselor comes, whom I I shall send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me, and you are also witnesses, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all this to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out to the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God, and they will do this because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Today we celebrate the Sunday after the Ascension. Regardless of being able to have offered the Ascension here. My apologies again on that point. The sanctuary lamp today is burning in the Adoration Chapel. Um, it burns a loving memory of Hugh Hudson. second collection today is for the Altar Society. The Mother's Day Red Rose fundraiser, sponsored by the Knights of Columbus, met a total of $2,080. Uh, thank you for your generous donations to benefit the Pregnancy Problem Center. The monthly St. Charboy Healing Mass will be celebrated Friday, May 21st at 6 p.m. Ten children, ten children from our parish uh, have made or will be making their first Holy Communion this weekend. We pray for their continued spiritual growth and faith and fidelity to Christ, especially in the Eucharist. Two of those will be at this first Mass. Some of our recipients right here in the front pew, uh, they paid for the big seats today, and so they are here, and we rejoice to celebrate with them this this holy occasion of receiving our Lord and bless the Blessed Sacrament for the first time. Uh, and so at, at Holy Communion time, we'll have them come up first, uh, receive Holy Communion uh, individually, and then we'll continue with the, uh, the use of the full rail immediately following. Uh, I would invite you to uh, pick up one of the bulletins on your way out, if you haven't picked one up already, and to be able to read uh, read the little uh, little letter of update that I have uh, printed in there. It includes a number of A number of updates and various items of notes, particularly including several that might be of interest to you who are here. Uh, On Tuesday, May the 25th, uh, Father David Dawson, Deacon David, uh, has been been sitting in choir here. My doppelganger, the one you think is me sometimes, um, the one who's been sitting here in choir, uh, he'll be ordained uh, on Saturday, May the 22nd, uh, so next Saturday... So he ordained a priest of our diocese, uh, along with two others, uh, two of our other deacons, Deacon Taylor Sanford uh, and Deacon Danny Roussel. Uh, So Father David has been practicing and will be celebrating his first traditional Latin Mass here at St. Agnes. Uh, It'll be on Tuesday, Tuesday the following his ordination. Uh, So Tuesday, May 25th. Information is that uh, in the bulletin. Also, we'll have another celebration that week. I'll be celebrating my 10th anniversary as a priest. A uh, personal tradition of mine is to offer a Latin Mass and gratitude to God for the gift of an, another year of priestly life and ministry, um, and then one thing that I have longed to do and have been planning to do is to offer a solemn high Latin Mass, something I've not been able to do uh, in 10 years as a priest, uh, so we're finally doing it this year. So, um, on the 28th of this month, uh, 5.30 p.m., we'll be offering a solemn high traditional Latin Mass here at St. Agnes. Uh, everyone is invited. Uh, this is something that, that the diocese has not, to my knowledge, seen a solemn high mass um, since the 60s. Uh, so it's a thing that hasn't happened very frequently. It's uh, so certainly a, a joyous occasion uh, to be able to offer that to offer that great mystery. Uh, if you like the music and the smells and bells, just wait. There's far more. Uh, I think the sanctuary will have a minimum of 15 or 20 people uh, buzzing around simply to be able to to complete the rites themselves. So it is indeed something to see. There will be food afterwards as well. So if the mass isn't enough for you, we'll have a little food afterwards that might coax you in to come to our blessed Lord. Also tangentially on a, a, a small point, uh, we've gotten some dustments recently. So the, uh, the cope, uh, the cope that we we'll use during the Aquam, uh, we've got that in some other chasubles uh, that we've ordered recently here from the parish by virtue of a generous benefactor. Um, And one of the small things, it's a very small thing, um, but if anyone has sewing skills and would like to use them for the glory of God, the little maniple that the priest wears upon his arm, it doesn't stay in place very easily, and it requires a little piece of elastic. I don't have great sewing skills, so if someone else does, your work could be put to the glory of the Lord. And keeping that little piece of cloth properly fitted on the priest's arms for a holy mass, Feel free to catch me afterwards or send me an email or call the office with that. Let's conclude the announcements. Thanks be to God. There were many of them today. In our first reading, a lesson from St. Peter, he encourages us. He says, Dearly beloved, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, keep sane and sober for your prayer." An important word for us to hear, very often whenever the world around us seems to have lost its mind, when even the church seems to, and individual persons have gone astray or caused much confusion or, uh, you know, these things that make us wonder what is happening here, an immediate thing can happen within our hearts is we have a minor or sometimes a major freak out. We can panic and we can we can get caught up on all kinds of things. And the devil loves to use that moment of, of disturbance to our soul and to really shake us, to confuse us, to be able to sow division, to sow separation. To be able to do all of these things that ultimately isolate us unto ourselves and our fears and anxieties. In the midst of all of this, St. Peter would encourage us, even if the end is at hand. Even if everything is... is, is you know, even if the Lord's coming in His glory, not soon, but very, very soon. Even if... Stay sane and sober for your prayers. Don't go crazy. Be sober. Be sensible. Recognize that God has done these things and allows these things, and all things are permitted according to His time. Our heart... At all times is to devote ourselves to prayer, devote ourselves to sanity in the midst of insanity, to simply allow our hearts to be formed by Christ, and then to go out and to share the good news of the gospel with the world around us, whether they receive it as on them, it is our part to pray and to share the good news. And this is our encouragement. Simply to be sane and sober, no matter the times. In season and out of season, as St. Paul might say. Simply to pray. To allow holiness to sink deeper into our hearts. And to do the things we know that we must do. To that end, I would like to go over some mundane things with you. There were rave reviews about the comments a couple of weeks ago about the explanation of the Aquan, uh the, the Sprinkling right, and the clarification of, do we stand or do we kneel? To that end, I want to add a little more clarity to you in the form of this little sheet that you may have noticed as you came in the door. It has a little title at the top that says, Postures for Traditional Latin Mass." If you didn't pick one up, you've got them at the two tables in the back and one here on the side. Let me begin first with a, a disclaimer. There are no rubrics whatsoever to tell you what to do or not to do during Mass. Unlike the priest who is instructed in very clear terms that I have to put my right arm in my right sleeve first, then I put my left arm in my left sleeve second, and then I put the rest of the alb on top of my head and pull it down over my body. It literally tells me that in the rubrics. Right arm first, left arm second. It gets very precise in what the priest must do. But for all of you good people, it says very little. And this is a point where we can rejoice in the liberality of the church. But the church allows us freedom to be able to pray as is most beneficial for our individual soul. The simple fact is there are no rubrics, unlike in the ordinary form, that instruct you at this time everyone stands, at this time everyone sits, at this time everyone kneels, etc. But there is a general of tradition of the life of the church um, that has been passed down to us from generation to generation, specifically looking to the priests of the church uh, who may be sitting in choir, those who will be sitting off on the side, uh, and kind of taking cues from them. (coughs) Excuse me. And so it's from this that we're going to simply offer a few things uh, for you. Uh, This is uh, for those of you who feel confused and don't like feeling confused, this is simply to give you a little guide to follow along so that you have some peace in your soul of not knowing, what am I supposed to be doing right now? This can certainly be a, a, a confusing and disturbing thing to many who don't know what's, uh, what exactly we feel like, you know, which person do I follow today, and this kind of thing. And so, again, I'll offer this as a suggestion. If you wanna kneel the entire Mass, you're certainly welcome to. If you like to stand the entire Mass, you're certainly welcome to. I would suggest you maybe do that along the side of the church or the back, rather than in the person sitting in front of the person sitting in the pew behind you. Uh, but again, these are, are offerings that we can have to be able to join in the celebration of the liturgy and all of its normalness. For the asparagus, the sprinkling rite, or the B. Aquam during the Easter season, one typically would stand, as noted a couple weeks ago. When the priest comes up to be able to, to take off the cope and to put on the, uh, the chasuble and manifold, um, it's a moment where, it essentially, we kind of take we take a pause. The liturgy is on pause, and so everyone is kind of uh, you can be seated. Sometimes it takes longer or shorter uh, shorter amount of time depending on if he's got the strings to tie under his chasuble and all the various other accoutrements that may be joined. But when he arises and ascends to the altar, to be able to go to the prayers of the faithful, uh, not the prayers of the faithful that's different mass entirely. The prayers at the foot of the altar. Uh, when one goes to the prison for the altar, uh, when the priest and you like, the servers kneel, the community typically would kneel along with him. At the Gloria, uh, at a low mass, this is divided into low mass and high mass, so on Sundays we offer high mass here. Uh, it's not a solemn high mass, but it is a high mass, and then it is sung. On Sundays we would stand for the Gloria, uh, for the singing of the Gloria. At a regular low mass, if mass would be spoken rather than sung, one would continue simply to kneel. During the epistle, we all would sit, of course, to be able to receive of the word of God as it is sung. At the gospel, we stand, as we all understand, and then for the homily of the sermon, you would also then sit. And we do a little gymnastics back and forth, and we go up to the credo, we go back, and we stand again for the creed. If the priest sits, you sit. If he doesn't sit, you don't sit. Or you do sit, if you like. It's, again, your preference, because the rubrics indicate nothing. The offertory verse, so as the priest at the, end of the, at the end of the creed, when the priest turns around and says, Dominus logiscum, et spiritu tuo, Oremus, and then he goes silent and the choir puts up the offertory verse. Uh, at that point, once he says Oremus, um, you would then be seated. If there is incense, you would stand, as one always stands to be incensed. Um, parenthetically, we incense holy things. Uh, and so the fact that you are incensed is a reminder to you that you have been consecrated by God, right? We incense the cross, we incense the relics on the altar in veneration, we incense the altar itself, we incense the, the, the book of the gospel, so the missal, we incense the priests, we incense the, the other ministers in the sanctuary, we incense you. That's the simple fact, is that, that these holy things are being consecrated, being lifted up to the Lord. You are being lifted up to our blessed Lord. And a tangential point. If you were standing for the incensation, you would continue standing. If there's no incense that Sunday, as today, you would remain, uh, remain seated. Essentially, when the priest turns around and says, Orate Fratres, you would maintain the posture you currently are, are in. So if you've just uh, been standing for the incense, you stay standing. If not, you stay seated. Until the priest sings after the silence, the silence of the secret. The priest would be able to intone the Per Omnia Secula Seculorum. Amen. At that point, you would stand at the High Mass. You would continue to stand for the praying of the Preface, and then at the Sanctus, as it is begun, one would kneel. One would continue to kneel until the praying of the invocation of the Paternoster. At the Paternoster, the community would stand at High Mass and remain standing. To the fraction right uh, up until the annual stay when the annual stay is begun the one then would turn and kneel again of course for coming up for holy communion uh, the normal posture will be observed unless you desire uh, to walk forward on your knees to our blessed lord and piety uh, and in veneration of the sacraments again certainly your privilege to do so for the post-communion prayer when a priest uh, concludes he'll offer uh, silently, we'll offer the communion antiphon, and then uh, turn back to the center, turn around tuo, oremus. at that point, uh, the congregation would stand once more, offer the final prayer, and then the priest would go to the center, offer the ite nisa est, one kneels or genuflects briefly for the reception of the final blessing, stands for the last gospel, and of course the, the concluding exit as one departs. That's a lot of sitting and standing and kneeling and directed. If you don't want to follow along or you get confused today, by all means, again, uh, this is simply uh, an offering for you. If you find it beneficial for you, for peace for your soul or direction, and and what do I, uh, what might I do at this time that would be appropriate, uh, these things are certainly here for you. On a separate point, I would encourage all of you, sing. Sing to the Lord. Many of the pra- many of the prayers and the chants that we offer each week uh, are regularly prayed. They're ones that uh, dominus solus et Ecce tuo." It's not too hard. It's right four words, um, and yet uh, allowing allowing the voice of community to respond together with the choir can be a beautiful thing. Our Lord invites us. And it's, uh, I forget who it was that said it, uh, but he who loves sings. And it's this, this this richness of allowing our heart to sing to our Lord, to be able to, to, to sing out not just not just in the uh, within the heart in the silence, uh, but even to use our voices. So the various points where the where the choir is uh, is singing, other than the propers of the Mass, which would be hard for you to keep up with, uh, for the other prayers, I would encourage you uh, to join in the singing, to pray together the Gloria, to pray together the Credo to offer the various uh, interactions back and forth between the priest and the community, and to offer these things to our Lord. Again, these are all rather mundane things. Most people are not super thrilled about sitting and standing at mass, but the reality is, these are part of the sane and sober things that we do. This is the normalcy of our lives. And being able to come week after week and simply allow ourselves to fit into the liturgy and to, and to allow it to shape us and to mold us where we don't necessarily have to continually think about what am I supposed to be doing now. It allows us to pray. Not to simply wonder what's happening or is that person right or is that person right? And to realize everyone is equally wrong in the end because there's no rubrics whatsoever. Ultimately, to be able to pray. To allow your heart to be free, to worship the one true God, which is why we are here. To worship. We receive much in coming here. We receive the words of our Lord, hopefully an edifying homily, certainly beautiful music. And we get to witness the sacrifice of the one true Lamb, week after week. That is our goal. And allowing these little things to be able to, to be set to rest will allow us to do that most important thing that Christ has called us here for this day.